Outback, where I'm Arthur. And I'm Donovan. And I'm a class trader now. Did you know that? Oh, yeah? Yeah, I started, I'm actually, uh, I'm, I'm doing a management internship with the unnamed retail establishment. I am joining the ranks of the damned, as you might say. You might say. But we do, we do love to see you moving up a little bit after uh, years of service in the unnamed retail mines. Uh, <laughs> right. If anybody's got to be doing that, it should be somebody like Arthur. That's what I say. You know, I really appreciate that booster. Uh, I do feel, I feel a weight with it. You know what I mean? Like I'm sort of conflicted. Obviously, I would like to uh, be in a more remunerative position, we'll say. Uh, but I do feel like I am sort of giving up on something, you know what I mean? Sort of giving something up by doing this. Yeah. On the other hand, though, you know, you're getting paid minimum wage. I I would argue that you have been coerced into this. Ooh. But it's also kind of good. Because you fucking worked hard on this stuff and all that. That's true. That's true. I've spent a lot of years working hard. Uh, and this evening we have another gentleman who has spent a lot of years working hard, uh, of the Minion <laughs> Death Cult podcast. Wow. We have Alexander Edward. What's up? Hey, thanks so much for having me on. And it's true. I am such a hard worker, but don't tell my union brothers. <laughs> um, I was going to like anybody, you know, okay. So there's like, you know, I mean, if, if you're still selling your labor, you know, it wouldn't necessarily call you a, a class trader mm. uh, per se, but you are going into management, which is the enemy of the, the employee. Yeah. You know, the that's, natural that's, enemy, like, of course. The, the natural enemy. So I think the way we could like remedy this or like check your bona fides or whatever is uh, force anybody who is like going management. Uh, that's fine. You you can go management. Uh, but first, you have to get transferred to a union shop and you have to manage them for one year. Mm. And then if you come out the other side and you're uh, you're still a leftist or whatever, <laughs> Then I think you've earned the right to be managed. It's it's sort of like how cops, when you first become a cop, they they make you do prison duty. So you, <laughs> so you you're like just you you learn to like hate the people you're you're supposed to be in charge of or whatever. Right. It's it's sort of like that. I think. <laughs> That's, right. That is an excellent point, Arthur. You're not a class trader. You're just a filthy pig. That's, yeah, that's, that's exactly right. <laughs> uh, I have I have made sort of a deal with myself uh about uh what i am willing to give you know what i mean like i've kind of i've set limits in myself and if i am asked to surpass those i can i can sort of hit the brakes uh but uh so far it's just like uh you know like i i had lunch (laughs) with the team it's great (laughs) so far it's just awesome that's how it goes Sorry, yeah, in my work, uh, management is like the least desirable uh, position to be in. Okay, <laughs> you don't want to. You don't want to be management uh, supervisor at UPS. Maybe full time supervisor, but that's like when you start getting the uh, the ulcers and losing your hair, uh, that sort of thing. Part time supervisors, yeah, it's just you. You're either getting yelled at by uh, upper management or a union member. So okay. Not a good spot to be in. Arthur, you're going back to school at the same time, too. That's true. I, I don't think you were steering your ship uh, for a course of lifelong managerality. That's a word I just came out with. Ooh. Uh, new drop right there. Must sounds uh, French. You know what I'm saying? You're not like, I'm trying to climb this ladder so I can uh, do the wrongs that were done to me upon That's you know, true. My, my previous fellow workers. Uh and also, like I'm saying, you're getting your degree and stuff. As far as managers go, or people in a management internship, I give you a thumbs up. Okay. Yeah, you got the pass, dude. No shit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You're invited to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the the uh, very online equivalent of the cookout. I, I appreciate this. <laughs> Alex, uh... Well, we we really came at you from the from the drop here. Uh, we needed to 
what's the word I could use for this? A sort of inquisition upon Arthur at the top here, expel any potential demons. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. But Alex is is someone from a podcast we love very much, Minion yeah. Death Cult. Uh, mm-hmm. We had Tony on uh, like a month or two ago. Time yeah. is difficult, but Tony was <laughs> fucking wonderful. We love the show, uh, and so we're stoked to have you with us. Do you do you want to describe to the people who who don't know uh, what you do, what the show's about? Uh, well, thank you very much. That's very flattering. I did listen to the episode with Tony. It was very, very good. It made me uh, feel mm-hmm. less nervous about coming on the podcast. Oh, um, Minion, Minion Death Cold is like a show that envisions, you know, okay, so there's shows about, uh, there's podcasts about like what politicians are doing. Uh, there's podcasts about like what, what pundits are doing doing op-ed writers and that sort of thing right but minion death cult uh asks and answers the question what if there was a podcast about what your racist mima is doing on facebook <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of where we uh where we cover we cover fate we're a facebook podcast there's a lot of twitter podcasts there's a lot of like new york times type npr podcasts we're strictly proudly a facebook podcast you're truly in the shit you're not like witnessing from afar in some tiered garden. You are in the fucking trenches with them minions. Yeah, I've I've always been a fan of comment sections. I did a I did a podcast before Minion Death Cult uh about like bad nostalgic music that, you know, we used to like. And uh one of the segments on that was we would just go through YouTube comments on whatever song we were covering for that episode, and they were always just so wonderful, like so raw, you know, so raw and mean and vulnerable and ignorant, like all wrapped into one. And it's just that's just what Minion Death Cult sprang from. That, that should that be a t shirt. Death Cult. Raw, mean, vulnerable, ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, we'll produce that one after I produce the absolutely moronic, disgusting, insane, evil garbage T-shirt yeah. that's coming. <laughs> and uh, do you want to do you want to plug the tote bags? I know that it's past time that people could get a hold of these, but I feel as we are radio free tote bag, I think people should know that oh, we ha- we hold a great degree of deference to your tote bags. Oh, well, thank you uh, so much. Um, Yeah, I won't plug the tote bag because, yeah, it's not available to purchase anymore. Uh, But I will plug the fact that they are almost finished (laughs) being made (laughs) about the halfway point. Uh, We yeah, we um, we sold we pre did a pre-sale for these and I expected to sell about 40 and we ended up getting like 200 orders for them. And so, so I had to learn how to screen print. Uh, and then we had to learn how to do it on, on gusseted canvas tote bags, which are very difficult to screen print on, uh, because there's like the gusset at the bottom, which if people don't know, uh, it's like, it's the flat bottom. So it's like an actual boxy shape to the tote, which are, those are the best totes. I wouldn't dream of making a non gusseted tote. (laughs) Um, the problem is to lay them flat, you have to like fold in the bottom gusset. You have to like fold it up into the tote. So this creates an uneven thickness on which to screen print. Uh, so we had to do a lot of, a lot of troubleshooting. We, we, uh, I'm not going to say wasted. Uh, there will be probably about 40 special edition totes (laughs) (laughs) for sale, uh, that are much cheaper. (laughs) I I'm thrilled to learn what gusseted means mm-hmm. because listening through uh recent episodes of your show, you were really talking up the gusseting to a degree that I was like, fuck yeah, dude, gusseting. Yeah. It's got a good ring to it. And I, I was like, I think I know what it maybe it's like the straps or something or like double sewn or something. That sounds right. Hell yeah, gusseted. Let's go. <laughs> uh, and I was totally wrong. And I'm I'm happy to learn now. Uh, I think on our logo. The tote bag that Arthur and I are standing yes. in is is gusseted. It is, out. in fact, gusseted. Uh, and I think that when we do produce ours, no, I know that when we do produce ours, it will be gusseted. That's a RFTB <laughs> promise. It's the only way to go. Otherwise, like, what are you going to carry in there? A single 12-inch record? <laughs> <laughs> Nonsense. Uh, well, Alex, we... We have to ask you uh, our traditional question here on this show uh, relating to the theme of the podcast, which is, of course, relationships. It's a show about relationships. And so we got to ask you, 
uh, about an embarrassing dating or relationship experience you might have had. Do you have anything like that? And that's the thing is, is I really don't, uh, all my, all my relationships have been wonderful. Uh, all my dates have just been, uh, a pluses, uh, right on. down the line. And so I think that actually makes me an even better guest for this show. Cause I can just kind of <laughs> tell people what they're doing wrong, you know, as well, this is what I did and it, you know, it was perfect. Um, no, so I have a, I have like two things. I don't, I don't like to think about the past in general because it's very embarrassing for me, yeah, but also, um, I don't have a good memory. I have an awful memory, probably because I smoked a lot of weed when I was eight years old. <laughs> so I think that might have been the culprit, been the reasoning. I can't remember simple words or like my best friend's name from time to time. Uh, so I have a, I have just a couple small anecdotes that are that are kind of funny. They're not really like stories. It's just I'll say it and uh, you'll the listener will get it. Um, the first, the first one is, uh, I lost my virginity to the, uh, Coldplay. Nice. That's then that was my choice. I'm the one who put it on. I was like, this has been my, my whole life. My 17 years have been leading up to this moment In goes parachutes into my car stereo, (laughs) you know, Coldplay is now in the RFTB canon from our, uh, most recent Patreon episode. And so. This is yeah, exciting to hear. That's a really, I mean, it's a meaningful album, you know, and I had really meaningful uh, sex. That, <laughs> that album. Um, another one, another, how explicit can we get on this show? Extremely. As explicit as possible. We talk about Vor, we talk about it all. Um, yeah, so I wasn't eaten by anybody, <laughs> but... Uh, I did, I was dating uh, this girl briefly. I was like... 18 or 19 maybe a little older than that but uh she uh we were having sex and she she tried to keep me inside her Mm. when i was gonna come oh no uh yeah like i i was like you know i'm gonna pull out or whatever and she was like oh just come just come in me and i was like no i'm not gonna yeah and then when i was like all right you know i'm I'm gonna come and i went to pull out she wrapped her legs around oh, me no. and like tried tried to keep me in and out and like you know i was like stronger than her uh, so it, it wasn't uh i guess that much of a, an issue but it was just i don't know it was really a weird that thing to happen right because you you hear about that i feel like as as almost a kind of joking thing Totally. Or maybe something thrown out like, watch out, uh, tr- they're, they're going to try to make you get them pregnant. Uh, it's boomer humor shit that happened to me in real life. Right. Whoa. That's it. In the actual moment, though, that's got to be fucking terrifying. That's yeah, just like, oh, God, I've been snared by piranha plant all of a sudden. <laughs> get me the fuck out of here. Fucking life flashes yeah. before your eyes. She was so hot, though. <laughs> <But> yeah. <laughs> In other respects, not so good. For sure. <laughs> Both good stories, though. I uh... okay. This this last one, quick one. Oh, I went on a uh, a social media date when I was like twenty five or something. I met this girl off of an app, and she was young. You know, she was like nineteen or twenty, which was you know usually more of an age gap than I would go for. Mm-hmm. Uh, no judgment, but like I'm used to dating women who are older than me. Like um, like. Most of my girlfriends have been older than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, she was really attractive. And uh, she had like, she had tattoos everywhere, like up on her neck, like before this was, because this was like almost 10 years ago, before it was so common. Like she looked like one of those modern Instagram models. If you like do hashtag tattoo that, that you'll see. Right. Um, and I was like, I don't know. She seems cool. You know, maybe, maybe she's an old soul or whatever. (laughs) Uh, well, her, her dad dropped her off at the restaurant. That was the first kind of like, oh no. And then, uh, she was very nice, very pleasant, but just like very bubbly and Mm. excited and, which I mean, those in it, I guess, aren't bad things necessarily, (laughs) but they add up just like, Yeah. Like oh no we've we've got like I've got five more layers of filth on five five more years of filth on me yeah uh, <laughs> than you have or whatever the age difference was and I I felt really bad for like even leading her on that much because I just knew it wasn't work oh no damn 
Was it one of those ones where like you're there in the beginning and immediately you kind of clock it as, uh, no, this is, this is not going to work out, but like I'm here and I gotta be, you gotta be nice, you know? Yeah. It wasn't like hard to be nice or have a conversation, but we were totally on like different energy levels and wavelengths. And it was just like, (laughs) she was like, she was like a, a a Disney cartoon, like chipmunk, like, or something. And you look like fucking R. Crumb Drew. Yeah. (laughs) That that sounds really insulting. I don't mean that like in an insulting way, I guess, but it was just like, I was just like, Oh no, like this is not going to work. But yeah, I think, I think I, it was fine. You know, amicably ended things. For sure. It's a particularly like, it's a particular kind of bad feeling though, right? Like that kind of one. Cause there's the ones where you go up and it's like, Oh God, there is nothing here. Or maybe this person is even a turnoff to me. Uh, I'm going to like fake the call and get out of here or whatever, you know, or there's the good date, but then in between where it's like, Oh no, I can tell this is like, I really like this person. They seem like a good person. I don't want to hurt their feelings or anything, but there is clearly nothing here. I guess I just need to vamp yeah. for 20 minutes or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I've been in those a couple of times. It's just, it's, I, I don't know. I don't even know how to really describe it. It's such a weird, like in limbo feeling. I always think about those as you just got to get excited about the meal. You just got to be like, well, we're going to get something good <laughs> to eat. And- <laughs> yeah. I mean, this was, this was uh, the Mexico and San Bernardino. So it was not hard to get excited about the meal. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, it was just, it was like, the best way I can describe it, it was just like constant, like eager eye contact. Oh. The whole time. <laughs> like, no, like, no, no, this is not, this is not right. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. It's, it's fantastic. a hell of a situation. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing uh, all of those, all, all fantastic stories to end to our, uh, our hell roster. I, I got to start you. compiling these or something, Arthur. We could really just make a, like a, a whole compilation episode yeah. of just traumatizing, uh, unpleasant relationship stories. And then like, maybe you could listen to that before you go out. No, then, then you'd probably just be like, maybe one of these things going to happen to me. Yeah. yeah. Maybe if I you want to you- have a bad date, we throw <laughs> on a bad relationship stories. Yeah. I think you just gave me the episode, uh, episode 200 idea. So that's perfect. Oh, there we go. I mean, there's like, I think there's a market for, you know, not women posting their L's online or men down bad or whatever, but just a general, like, you know, non-gender specific dating fails yeah. uh, that you could compile out of these, out of these stories. Into a coffee people, table book. People totally. owning their L's. People coming to terms with, because we all been there. You know, it's a it's a shared thing across across all people. You got to get the dating L occasionally, but we hold them up with pride, like a war trophy or something, like, just, like the severed head of an opponent. Yeah, just a little a bloody L. That's that's not a good image. Just a bloody letter L. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, <laughs> hey, how about we we uh, we have a whole fucking shit ton of questions this week from listeners. And thank you, Alex, for uh, sharing that question box link. So let's get into the question box. Asking all them questions. Asking all them questions. Why you asking all them questions? Making statements. Uh, asking all them questions. Asking all them questions. Why you asking all them questions? Making statements. Uh, uh, Woo! Yes. Oh, God, yes, it's the question box, folks. Everybody's favorite part of the show, our favorite part of the show, where you, the listener, can send in your questions to us, and we'll read them, and we'll answer them. Uh, If you'd like to do that, you can find a link to the question box on our website, rftb.me, or on our social media, at rftbpod on Twitter, at Radio Free Bag on Instagram. You click that question box link. Uh, it's fucking it's anonymous you don't even have to make an account you will simply see a box in front of you you put your question in that box you press send uh and kablamo we're we're rolling hot i think that's good that's a good thing people do they we're driving around we're looking hot that's what i meant by that okay Uh, like i said we got a lot of questions in here this week and thank you for sending them in arthur what uh what do we got in here first how the fuck do you conflate Austin Powers and Frazier? <laughs> that is Maybe an excellent we... question. This is this is an ongoing, evolving saga. 
I th- I think maybe we'll just entice the listener to go back and and take a look at uh, the last few weeks of our of our program. Yes, uh, for the full details there. It's a multi episode arc, uh, and this is the well. I guess this isn't the thrilling conclusion. This is like a follow up to the thrilling conclusion. <laughs> uh, and I they're s- mad because like one's one's British and one's American. That's I guess sure, they're, sure. they can't be compared. They can't be mixed up because oh, the one guy's got a one white guy has a British accent. Sorry, all you guys look the same to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's like uh, I mean, Fraser's very urbane, which is like a typically a British affect, but uh, and Powers is zany. Yes, he is not urbane. It is a confusing switcheroo, potentially. Now, I have never seen Frasier, and I don't know anything about it except for what my beloved co-host has told me. (laughs) Uh, Good show. Great show. And Austin Powers, he's got big fuck energy, right? That's his whole thing. Mm, mm -hmm. Well, yeah, until the sequel, when when that said fuck energy was stolen from him. He loses the mojo, yes. Yes. Does Frasier go through a mojo loss arc is what I'm getting at. 100%. 100%. It's not really? even like it's every not a fl- episode. Yeah, there's definitely an episode where he can't where he can't fuck. Damn. Well, so that's how you conflate them. They're kindred spirits, Austin Powers and Frazier. Uh they've seen the highest highs of fuck power as well as the lowest lows of fuck exhaustion. Fuck I just realized were you guys referencing Frazier cuz he also did like an advice show? This is this is some deep lore here, which I can explain. Uh, my beloved co-host loves the, is it a sitcom? It Frasier, is a sitcom, yes. The Situation uh, Comedy Frasier. As well as Cheers uh, and many other beloved old people sitcoms. <laughs> and has referenced it frequently since this show's inception. And throughout this entire time, I still, he's a psychologist. Wait, he's, is he a psychologist? Yes. I've put that together. That's as far as I've made it. <laughs> Yeah, he does psychology on the radio right. uh, for call- callers. Yeah, what the fuck? Wait, so it really is? It is very similar to this show. You didn't know? That- oh, no, wow. I thought it was like a psychologist, and he had patients, and then he was going through his own stuff, and he's like, "I'm a psychologist, but can I psychoanalyze myself?" Ooh, a dilemma. There is a fair amount so of I- that. So I guess uh, Donovan is the Roz in this he relationship. He would be, yeah. Is that good? Is that good? Roz is great. She's, <laughs> She's probably the best character on the show. Yes. She's much cooler than Frasier. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> Roz of Van. We can call me from here on out, and I'm stoked about that. <laughs> so thank you for sending in uh, this follow-up to this multi-episode arc so that I can make that discovery, listener. Uh, very much appreciate it. All right, here's what we got next. Humble boys and any peeps along for the ride. <laughs> That's me. Yeah. <laughs> and we're the humble boys. Uh not me though. No, you're you're I'm sorry, Alex. You're you're very arrogant. You're a very uh mm-hmm. a bombastic individual. <laughs> you're just you're just out I here. Feel like I am humbling myself by being along for the ride though. <laughs> I come to use hat and hand and heart on my sleeve. I beseech thee. How do I fuck for real? I, 26, am a virgin. I've had some close encounters of the sexual kind, but each time I couldn't perform and ended it by trying to make them feel good and effort in vain. I was a fat kid and a depressed, overweight teen, so I've only had one relationship in my life, and even that was more to save their feelings out of a fear of losing their friendship, and it ended badly, of course. I've lost a good amount of weight since then and gained some confidence, even been told I'm a good-looking dude. But every time I even consider trying to see people, I start to feel nervous about being a partner another person could enjoy. I got no idea how to do it besides jump in head first, but that seems destined to failure without any precautions. And so as I said, I come hand in hat. <laughs> Did I read it? Yes, hand in hat. Please <laughs> enlighten me. How do I fuck? <laughs> Damn. That's rough. Yeah. That's very difficult. Uh, I do think you're in the right zone, losing some weight, gaining some confidence. That's 100% on the right track. Right. And you're writing into this show 
uh, which is at this moment a vehicle with three very cool dudes, and we can absolutely help you out in this situation. Because uh, I have fucking been there in those low confidence periods. Oh, yeah. And you're trying to date and like the whole time, you know, you're doing the whole date and all everything that involves and conversing and stuff. Uh, a good component of your brain is still dedicated to uh, this, per- this isn't going to work out. Uh, how the, there's, there's no chance this person's like, look at this person. There's no chance they're into me. And it keeps doing all of that garbage, which is just going to completely kneecap you for any of this. You know, you, if you can't kind of put your full uh, attention and be in a good place where you can kind of put your best foot forward, you know, you just kind of get dragged down with that. And it tends to it tends to spiral, uh, which is fucking rough. And, and we feel for you with that. Yeah, dating is like an Eminem song. You really do have to lose yourself uh, in the moment. <laughs> and that's that's a joke, but I'm not I, I mean it though. It's like true. yeah, it is hard when you're when you're interacting with people. I have social anxiety as well. I've I've had if I understand correctly, we're talking about performance issues. Yeah, that's what it's that it sounded like specific like it sounds like they're getting kind of that anxiety in general, but specifically it's it's totally fucking them up uh, in the sex department. Yeah, um, we've all, I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but I've been there. It sounds like, uh, yeah, Donovan's been there as well. A lot of guys I know have have been there. And um, my go-to is, uh, I mean, I try to do this uh, frequently anyway, but my my go-to is if I'm if I'm not ready yet, I, I go down on the person, you know? Yeah. And I enjoy doing that, and they usually enjoy it. I, I would hope so, you know, if uh, you can always ask. And always, I, I would feel comfortable like, you know, you like that or, you know, do you, you know, any, uh, how do you fret like any, any tips or any suggestions, right. you know, like which way, like, like, what are you that into would help, basically? Yeah. Yeah. Or just like, am I on the right track sort of thing, you know? Um, and that usually gets me in the mood. Um, but sometimes, you know, you just, you just can't and like you I think alluded to in in the question, um, you can, you know, make somebody else feel good without, without coming yourself mm-hmm. or without, <clears throat> you know, uh, having them make you feel good or whatever. So I'm not quite sure what's, what's going on there by saying that they don't enjoy what you're doing. Maybe ask your, ask your buds, ask your female partners during the, or sorry, I don't know if we talked about the sexuality but ask your partners what they like you know what they're into right and having that conversation might help to break the ice in and of itself and get you a little more relaxed for sure because that's what so much of this is particularly with like the sexual performance anxiety is like just finding a way to relieve all this pressure you're putting on yourself of like oh god it's gonna happen again and all the all the spinning thoughts that that come with that and I think that's that's a big idea, Alex, in part because it's like it is something very straightforward. Maybe not straightforward, but specific to like focus on there, uh, focusing kind of on them and their pleasure, and maybe figuring out what they're into. And also, there's kind of that aspect of vulnerability and like good communication there. I think people totally. appreciate it when you could be direct, and especially if you're like, "Hey, like, is this working for you?" Or yeah. like, "Wait, this, what what are you into that I could do?" Kind of thing. Uh, That's a confident thing to do in, you know, so it's going to probably take, you know, a bit of a leap of faith or a bit of a head first dive, as I think you said, but that's like, it's a mark of confidence to be able to just talk to somebody when you're in a physically intimate setting and they're going to hopefully, you know, pick up on that and uh, respond honestly or respond, you know, uh, uh, encouragingly, Mm -hmm. you know? And I mean that oftentimes, you know, your your partner can be in a similar situation, especially with new people. Like it, it, it could be intimidating. It could be fucking nerve wracking, like mm-hmm. when you don't know someone too well or aren't comfortable yet. And you kind of like starting that move basically by being direct, you know, about this stuff and putting the focus on them at the beginning, that also helps them out, you know, if they're feeling any kind of anxiety with it, that makes them feel more confident. And then you're spiraling in a good way between the two of you. Confidence spiral. We like that kind of spiral. That's like uh, an upward spiral, like a tornado. That's kind of <laughs> negative sounding too. Like a big spring. Yes. Launching <laughs> sexual heights. 
Uh, I've read this as the the person is not able to seal the deal in terms of getting, like getting to the sex is how I read it. Right? Am I wrong? Oh, hold on. No, 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 no. Yeah, that could have been my fault for misinterpreting it. I could. I've had close encounters of the sexual kind, but each time I couldn't okay. perform. Sure. It, it sounds like they're kind of getting into the foreplay and stuff, and it's moving in that direction, but they just can't can't get it up. I would imagine. Hmm. Just feeling too anxious that they, you know, they can't get turned on. Huh. Which is again like a very normal thing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like I've had, happens, happens I've had sexual encounters where I at, <clears throat> never get hard throughout the whole thing. Yeah, you know, same. Uh, I had it when I was one time when I was like thirteen or fourteen, which doesn't seem to make any sense to me because if the wind blows correctly, you get an erection when you're thirteen <laughs> or fourteen. Uh, but I'm like, wow, you're naked, and some reason this can't this can't go. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's a weird it's a weird feeling too because it's one of those th- anything you like don't have direct control over in your body you kind of right. just gotta push it in the right direction until the thing happens <sighs> push it it's gonna be very very susceptible to like any of that anxiety and stuff because it comes down to being able to relax and and let totally. go and so well there's <clears throat> there's layers to it as well even if you get hard there's no even if you're like, you know, getting getting down and everything feels great, there's no guarantee that you're going to be able to finish. Like right. it's, you know, True. it's there's there's different levels to it as in that respect as well. So it's all it's all just yeah, a big crapshoot. The best thing, my best advice would be just to like have fun. And yeah. you know, in in my mind like pleasing your partner is part of the fun. 100%. Uh and and as we said, they'll definitely appreciate that. I I, I I think that'll go over well. It's it sets the uh it sets the sets the mood in a good place. And uh I, I think you'll find even if you don't fully like believe this confidence, but you're jumping in with it and you're, you know, just trying your best to keep like that that confident kind of communication going, uh I, eventually it tends to just kind of stick with you, in my experience. You kinda sure. gotta the fake it till you make it thing. There's there's a good element of truth to that. And you become more comfortable when you're with like a steady partner, you yeah. know, which is, I, I know not what you want to hear because you're not to that point yet, but it's like you, you can be with somebody for, you know, a year and have no, uh, um, no issues about that. But then once you start dating again, you know, it's just, it's new people, it's new energies, it's, it's the unknown. So your mind is like focused on more in your mind, in, in your, maybe your subconscious mind, important things like how am I, how am I doing? How do I sound? How do I look like, and all of that is like taking blood flow away from your penis. <laughs> <laughs> you can't let the brain steal all the blood. Uh, a, a good rule to live by right there. Uh, we, we wish you the best of luck with this as, yeah. as folks who have been there, uh, it, it will get better. It's, it's possible to get out of this and we believe in you. So get out there Absolutely. and fuck. <laughs> also, maybe like, I mean, I know, you know, we, li- I mean, I don't know where this listener lives, but if they live in America, maybe talking to a doctor is, is harder than it, than it should be. Right. Uh, but maybe talk to a doctor about it. Ask, ask them their, their opinion about this. If, if you're able to. Good always, points there. Yeah, we always endorse uh, getting a professional involved if uh, you're having uh, big trubs. Big trubs, uh, indeed. All right, Arthur, what else do we have in this box? Hey, beautiful people. All I right. Rec- <laughs> oh, hey. Hello. I recently went on a date that went super well up to a point, and I'm wondering what I should do. As I'm sure my fellow depressives can relate, I have been going through a particularly bad and long episode where I feel numb rather than having the sadness. So I went on this date with quite literally the coolest girl I've ever met, and she invited me back to her place to get more intimate. Things were going extremely well, and we clearly had a lot of sexual chemistry. However, as I nutted, I guess the endorphins or whatever kicked my brain chemistry back into gear, and I had a severe panic attack where I was crying, laughing, and hyperventilating, and she was very clearly more than a little freaked out about this, what the hell am I supposed to do after this? Holy shit is in the question the person says. Holy shit, that's not my commentary. But on the other hand, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's fucking intense. It's uh 
it's got to be incredibly stressful too like especially coming out of the blue like that at the end like in this intimate kind of setting that's got to be a lot so sorry to hear that yeah that's difficult um i think you're totally on it with uh your brain chemistry just kicking back like you just had a really severe reaction to joy which as a person with bipolar disorder i can relate to um so uh maybe depending on your diagnosis maybe like look into different uh sort of uh diagnoses and like mental health aspects to to engage with here because that that sounds pretty intense and you wouldn't want that to become a regular occurrence right i've i've had something similar in the sense of like very drastic like emotional swing immediately after i came yeah there was there was a stretch there of like maybe a year you know years back where that was just like a consistent thing and i would come and then i would become just viscerally uncomfortable and be like i don't want to be anywhere near this person mm. i i'd like ah uh, i don't i don't know how to describe it it just left insta me feeling ick. like unsettled insta ick is a good description uh, like in a weird way too. Like I don't nothing about you know the partner or something uh, would have been pushing me in that direction. And I can't say like I I, I came to some sort of uh, like epiphany on that that kind of uh, that kind of sorted it out for me. It was just something that was going on for a bit. But I will say like at the same time as that, I was also dealing with some really heavy depression. Mm. Uh, and so if you've already got that going on, I like I wouldn't be surprised if this is connected to that, right? And it's it, it kind of becomes more of a situation of like how do you address the depression, uh, you know, as opposed to kind of like the specific aspect of it. Um I I can't speak to, you know, uh your actual uh experience, your your um sort of diagnosis or whatever. I'm only self diagnosed. So I don't I don't have any like formal experience uh, with with clinical depression or anxiety. Obviously, I I, I do have those things in my mind. <laughs> you are a podcaster, I, so of course, totally. Um, and I think it's good that you get podcasters on here to give people life advice. Like, that's definitely <laughs> yeah, right. the way to go with your show. Um, I I would say in terms of like this person sounds pretty worried about the other person's uh reaction to this or their like experience um if you if if the the writer uh ha if you had such a positive experience otherwise with this person and you you know it seemed like there was a a very eager consensual sexual endeavor at the end of the date or whatever this pr person probably likes you they pr they probably are are pretty into you and yeah they were uh, you know, maybe freaked out by what happened because they don't know you that well because you guys are just meeting, you know, because you guys are just starting to hang out. Mm -hmm. I think the best thing to do would just to be like, yeah, upfront, open. You know yourself best. You've, it seems like you've done a good job describing what actually happened. Just tell them, tell, tell her, hey, like, I like you a lot. Sorry. And I mean, I know you shouldn't have to apologize for, for your, your mental state and that sort of thing. But just a nice little, you know, sorry if I if it freaked you out or whatever. Like I'm just I've just been going through a, a rough patch, and you know this I I had a sudden surge of of chemicals that like you know uh, freaked me out a little bit or you know made me react in that way. I understand if if it puts you off, uh, but you know I I'd, I'd love to see you again. Yeah, that's I think I think that's the best thing you can do is treat it like something that you're aware of like you're aware enough to know that she possibly had uh like oh ooh, like a weird reaction to it right. or whatever that's going to be reassuring to her yeah uh, yeah i i think just being direct about it like that is is definitely the best move with that and also just in terms of like getting it off your chest a little bit like with the person you're in the situation with yeah because like, like what you know it can be kind of tempting with this kind of thing to just try to pretend like everything's fine and, and try to push it down. And that tends to be the kind of situation where these things come blasting back up. Uh, so I think just getting it out there 
with her. Uh, it, it, that'll help you with kind of the anxiety component of this too. So you're not, you know, oh God, is she not going to, you know, she's going to look at me different, like all that kind of stuff. Just have that conversation so you can kind of know where you stand. And uh, as Alex was saying, just let, letting her know you're, you're aware of this. That's definitely a big thing. Absolutely. Yeah. What's, uh, what's next? What do we got in here else? Down Let's the see. Let's see. Uh, why, man, every time I'm like, I need to pick a question and I look at the list, it just becomes spaghetti. I cannot <laughs> make out the different questions at all. Uh, let's get this follow, follow up one in here. For sure. Hi, guys. Hello. 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 Triple hello. That's uh, that's a sign of good luck. <laughs> Last week, you gave me advice on my boyfriend asking me to verbally berate him in the bedroom. After he asked me to slap him, I decided enough was enough and confronted him. It turns out it's not just sexual. He just feels completely empty and worthless. Or, or that it is not sexual. The just is not there. Turns it's not sexual in any way. Ah, uh, turns out it's not sexual. He just feels completely empty, empty and worthless. Uh, me telling him that myself, me telling him that myself and injuring him was to get him to build up the courage to harm himself. Ooh. He says he doesn't really feel worthy of me or anyone. And that by dying, maybe he'll make a mark on us in some way. Fuck. I'm really concerned. He already sees a therapist. What can I do here? Mm. Well, that's about the worst uh, outcome of that one. That fucking sucks. I am so sorry to hear that. That's awful. Alex, for, for context for this, we had a question last week uh, where somebody was writing in about how their boyfriend all of a sudden had this interest in being like humiliated and like mm. berated to the point of tears uh, like before sex and was like, is this a kink? Like, where the hell did this come from? But the general vibe on it was like, this does not seem good. This seems like this is coming from a bad place. Uh, and it sounds like that that was accurate. And uh, these these ones are these ones are really tough, right? Like, when do you make the call uh, for like help in a suicide type situation? Because yeah. this isn't, you know, full on he's attempting, but that's like very clear suicidal ideation. Very yeah. clear, yeah. you know, him kind of opening up for help with that. Uh, but also like that, it cannot all be on you to handle that. You know, you, you definitely need to get, yeah. you need to get a team. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'd like anybody else in his life. I think who, who, you know, have a good relationship with, I would try to basically just get other, you know, people in your lives aware of this, who are close uh, and talk to them about it too. Uh, cause just having this like all on your plate, that's way too much for somebody to deal with just in terms of the logistics, but also just like emotionally, you know, this is really fucking hard. Uh, so I, I just get some backup going, talk to them and see if you can get in contact with some kind of, uh, professional help from it. You know, he's already seeing the therapist too. So like, you know, you, you, Maybe you can have get a in touch with his therapist. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying the foot's kind of in the door there, which is good. Like this is that, that makes this makes things easier here. Um, but I'm not a hundred percent sure like how, how that looks and like how to, how to stage all of that. Uh, so I'm just really, really reiterating, you know, make sure you have other people helping you out with this uh, and, and forming a team basically, because it, yeah. it's a fucking hard situation. Uh, I want to mention that I have been vanned, you know, about, ever like heard the concept of somebody being vanned <laughs> yeah buddy uh, i haven't heard that but i understand it. yeah <laughs> uh it ain't so bad like it seems like the <laughs> end of the world you know in the moment but it's sort of uh there comes a moment during that process where you go like oh i was in really bad shape yeah <laughs> <laughs> for me it was in the back of the cop car <laughs> yeah sure uh, yeah, I, it, that's, that's another thing too, is just like, it, it can be tempting to kind of overthink this and be like, oh, like, what if I'm hurting them? Or like, what if they blame me, you know, for like getting somebody involved? But like, this is, it, it's a life or death situation when it comes down to it with, with suicidal ideation like this. Uh, 
So just yeah. make not not to be crude, but it sound it sounds like it's above your pay grade. Sure. Like I like this this definitely sounds like, yeah, you should be contacting people who care about your boyfriend. Um, you know, to yeah, ask them for help, ask them for advice, let them know that their friend, their family member is in this sort of anguish. Um but uh, yeah, I would talk to that therapist. That's yeah. that sounds like the right way to go with it. Yeah, it's just getting the the professional help in there because when it gets to this point, like it, it really is that serious. That's that's your best move. Uh, I wish you the best of luck with this, though. That's fucking yeah. brutal. And uh, as as somebody who has been there, and, and and like Arthur said, like even though in that moment it it can feel like the fucking world is ending and just the absolute worst, like that ends up being kind of a turning point. Uh, you know, at, le- at least it was for me. And I, I hope you have the same success with this. Yep. It doesn't sound like you could overreact to this. Yes. That that was the exactly. point I wanted to make. This is definitely not a wait and see. This is definitely not, uh, you know, something that you could overreact to. That's a very good read. Well, good luck. Uh, and, and we believe in you. And yeah, I mean, good on you for, you know, for thinking about all this stuff and trying to figure out the best way to support your partner here. That's, that's really cool to you. And, and so I hope everything works out. Yeah. Um, Hey, hey Alex- talk- yeah, Alexander. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I know my cue when I hear it. Uh, <laughs> so you guys sent me a question from Reddit. Now this is from r slash sex. So I'm assuming it's not something that was uh, directed at uh, the podcast specifically. Correct. No, we, we merely scooped it up uh, from the stream. Okay. I did. I, I like uh, glanced over this. This is something that uh, you guys wanted me to read. I'm very honored. Uh, this is marked not safe for work. So anybody working right now, please uh, turn <laughs> off the podcast, pull your headphones out of your ears. Um, the, title of am i reading the whole thing there's a few paragraphs here i'm willing to do it i just want to make sure that's what (laughs) yes yes i would like i would like the whole thing please okay uh not gonna make the office joke there uh (laughs) yeah so the the title of this is i 23 female can't adequately explain how tired i am of silent men i like porn I like consuming sexual content. I have even been known to pay for the privilege a few times, and I have no shame in admitting that. I'm so tired of silent men. This is good. I like introducing the, like, you know, topic sentence again in the second paragraph. It's good. It's good writing. Yes. I have to slog through dozens, if not hundreds of videos to find a man making any type of noise. I have to specifically search for men moaning, making noise. Even then, it's mostly solo male masturbation. And it's all heavy breathing, quote, fuck, and dirty talking. That's that's fair. That's my experience with pornography, heterosexual <laughs> pornography as well. Yes. <laughs> the, guy, the guy occasionally saying, fuck. fuck. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh. Oh. Uh, 23-year-old female continues, no. I want to watch sexual content with a partner where the man is moaning, groaning, growling, purring, whimpering, all of it. (laughs) I want to hear how good their mouth, vagina, anus feels. Watch his hands grip the sheets, chair, hair, hips. I want to see them enjoying sex. (laughs) But 90% of the time, the men are sitting there, silent as a mime, with a little heavy breathing. And if you can see their face, which is rare, he looks bored. And yes, I've tried porn specifically created and directed for women. It's still not great. I tried gay male porn, but as a cishet woman, I wasn't interested. The last straw for me that caused me to create this post was a man on Twitter that I follow who occasionally posts sexual content. He let me know he had a video of him nutting, parentheses solo, and I asked him if I could have it. He said yes, but first I specifically asked him if he was making noise or if he was just sitting there in silence. He said there was noise. I I love this person. This is this person's great. They know what they like. Yes. They, they're like determined uh, about this stuff. I I I approve. I'm. Uh, what do you call it? Yeah. Uh, Welp. I was bamboozled. <laughs> There was not moaning in this video. This is what he does. Uh, I was bamboozled. 
I was one half, it was one half moan, half sigh, and then the nut was in slow-mo with no sound. I got no preparation, no buildup, just one half moan and then a slow-mo nut. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, moan nut. (laughs) It's a great phrase. It's like cellar door. That's a beautiful (laughs) phrase. This is why I pay for porn, but it's so hard to find porn that actually has what I want because even when it claims to be, quote, for women, it still uses all the same tricks and methods of porn made for cishet men. This is like really interesting. This is very interesting. In conclusion, I am begging all of the het men who read this to please make noise. I don't have experience with trans or gay porn, so that is why I only mention hat porn. I am also begging for porn suggestions of men enjoying sex, paid or free. Wow. This might this is like the first actual straight wo- woman in all of history. I, think. <laughs> I, uh, I particularly loved having you read that because... Listening to your show, I have kind of an image built up in my mind of when you read the posts of just kind of this like prototypical boomer, you know, by the light of the computer and thinking of them as just horned up and knowing exactly what they want and why they want it and identifying a very real problem. It was beautiful. Incredible. That was a great, that was a great, it was like very obviously like from a 23 year old woman but still like pretty boomer yes. i like that yes. i like that man where are all the moaning men <laughs> she wants to speak to the manager of sex <laughs> which i mean you know there's i mean if you're you know if if you're talking about a product you want or like a, a sexual experience you want yeah sure you, you should be able to like you know dictate the terms just a little bit That's at right. least i think it's a fair point too uh with uh with the the man noises uh and the porns because yeah like we were saying earlier like for the most part it's just kind of it's not sexy it is quite obnoxious yeah it's just a lot of like oh yeah you like that right Uh, yeah it's acting yeah right the the dude is clearly it's it's not orgasm it's not like sexy sounds uh and imagine like just trying to narrow that down specifically with like how porn is mostly catered to to straight men uh that's gotta that's gotta be tough do we do do either you know anything about uh i don't know good good porn sites for for women or maybe something that would fit this uh i mean the only thing i can really recommend is only fans if you like if you can find couples on only fans yes like at, like yeah that's the way to go Because that's real that's actual sex happening in front of you and not like um uh, mark Marin called porn stars sex clowns uh, <laughs> it's not it's wow not- that's not <laughs> I love he's like, yeah, the uh yeah, I uh, respect him. It's a real job, it's sex work, they're also sex clowns. I mean clowning is a is a real job too. They have colleges so. for it. It's in a steamed art form. Come on, clowns. Come on, clowns. But these are mimes. These are a very specific type of clowns. That's true. And I That's I, the problem. Here. I think it comes from like porn catered to cis men. I think the yep. they they want the man mostly out of the way. They just want the member presented yep. right. uh, to relate to. You don't want no face. You don't want no commentary. Get him out of there. Don't even mic him up. That's what they say. Right. I think OnlyFans <laughs> is the move too. Uh as long as th- Hopefully nobody on there is going to bamboozle you like this Twitter fella did because that was uncalled for. How is yeah. somebody? How is somebody going to hit you up for a video and specifically be like, "Are you moaning in this?" And you're oh, like, yeah. "Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah," and give them a fucking moan and a half whack. <laughs> yeah, I think um, it's hard because I don't I don't want to divulge too much about my personal life. I feel like that's disrespectful to like my girlfriend sure. or my partner or whatever. But I, I, I understand what this person is saying, like for, you know, some, uh, for some, for maybe many, uh, people in general, they like hearing, you know, their partner enjoy themselves. Um, I, I remember when I was younger, like (laughs) I told one of my friends this and they like laughed in my face, Mm. 
But I told one of my friends, I was like, I can like, I almost prefer like hearing audio track from like a woman enjoying herself rather than not rather than, but if I had to like choose, like, that like gets me off really, really well is like hearing, you know, the, the genuine, what I, you know, what I would convince myself or what I would uh, perceive with my deductive skills (laughs) was a genuine (laughs) orgasm. Um, And yeah, that's definitely a turn on for, for, I would assume a lot of people. Um, I just, yeah, the problem is most porn is made for uh, heterosexual men. And so in even like they're saying the porn that's made for women, I feel like there is probably still a stigma in there of like, a man grunting, right. you know, a man like whatever. And it's like, that's understandable to a, to a certain degree. Um, but yeah, I think, I feel like the Avenue to go to is more like genuine, like I wouldn't, <laughs> I was going to say real sex porn, like the HBO miniseries, or whatever, <laughs> which document, which is basically like, you know, uh, normal people having sex, uh-huh. the TV series. Right. right. Um, Except for the one where they had pony like, play. There's that one. There's also the one that I saw where they were like, oh, no, that's that wasn't real sex. It was a doc. It was some sort of documentary where uh, the woman was serving her cooked placenta to a dinner Ooh, party. Oh, right on. I don't, think it was, I don't think it was like sexual in nature, but it, it felt like it, you know, when I was 12. What's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, okay. going on here? I don't even know. I'm not sure what a placenta is. And that makes me think this is a sex thing. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ah, uh, fuck. I had... Oh, oh. there's also just, like, an element, too, with, with kind of, like, straight cis dudes in general, right? Where society, I feel like you're you're kind of... You're kind of pushed to... I mean, we're all pushed to feel some, some sense of shame around sexuality, uh, which is fucked in its own right. But they're... Like, a guy making noise, I don't think I can point to, like, a specific thing of somebody being like, oh, yeah, like, that's weak or something. Uh... But I always kind of got I, that sense of just like feeling uncomfortable with doing that when I was younger. And and I couldn't yeah. explain why, but it just like I felt a pressure not to make noise. Yeah, it's like a lack of control. I think it's like showing that you're losing control of, of your faculties to some degree, like expressions of of emotion, I guess, in general is maybe what you're getting at. Yeah. I feel like that's that's part of it. But, you know letting yourself like like be like weird and free or whatever that's definitely a loss of control to some degree which i feel like yeah men are conditioned to be very in control of their uh expressions right Hmm. which goes ahead and backfire in these situations like we were saying you can't force this kind of thing you can't force you know uh uh, like a sex cool guy quiet thing it's just going to be all clunky and you're going to be quiet and weird Start yeah. making yeah. some noises, folks. It's a good time. There's the phrase that cool is the enemy of fun. Uh, ah. Cool is also the enemy of sexy. Yes. Like of come. To... Cool is the enemy of come. And that's why, <laughs> and that's why porn stars wear uh, clown makeup uh, to avoid that problem. According to Marin, I guess. <clears throat> Can oh, we... Let's let's hit this. We got one more in here. Uh, we have one specifically for Alex here. Yes. What is uh, what is the best butt rock to get in the mood with? Oh my! Oh my goodness! Wow. Uh, well, it's not Theory of a Dead Man. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's for sure. Don't ever listen to Theory of a Dead Man <laughs> if you're having problems with intimacy or whatever. Uh, hmm. Don't listen to, uh, yeah, She Keeps Me Up by Nickelback. That song's too slow. Mm. Uh, It's trying to be a disco song. It's too slow. (laughs) It will not, like, it's not the right rhythm. Um, What about Buckcherry? Buckcherry's pretty good. Buckcherry's got, I would say that or, like, Velvet Revolver. Mm. Like, both very, like, bad uh, people, bad bands. <laughs> um, but there's some like swagger to those. Sure. See those, I mean, we're venturing into like the cock rock territory. There's, there's like, where's the, where do you divide? You know, where's, right. where's the line? The taint. Can't where's the taint <laughs> rock? Yeah. Where's the taint? <laughs> exactly. You can't tell where the cock ends and the butt begins. Yeah. You know? Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I I would feel like we talked about a few. So this is a for people who don't know, this is a reference to Butt Rock, uh, Butt Fest two thousand, yeah. the new series I did with uh, Brian from Street Fight on the uh, Street Fight Patreon, also available on the Minion Death Cult Patreon. Um, I feel like, uh, and now I'm kind of blanking on their names uh the the female butt rock that we dabbled into in in one episode because that was a question i had in the series i was like is there female yeah. butt rock mm. because butt rock to me was like uh sort of defined by like a hyper masculinity a performative masculinity and it's like can that is there a female butt rock is that even possible and uh, so if we go into like, I mean, Flyleaf is probably pretty mm, close. That's where I was going to uh, go. That was the only thing coming to mind. Evanescence is pretty close. Let me look at uh, Flyleaf's. Evanescence um, feels too ethereal to me, though, in some ways. Sick, sick puppies. I think that's probably uh, fe- female butt rock as well. I think you're you're safer in there. There's probably more sensuality in uh, those <laughs> those artists <laughs> <laughs> in those acts. Or you could also listen to uh, Nickelback's Devil Went Down to Georgia if you really want to, like, fuck good. Yes. (laughs) And you're going to be going down to Georgia, too, if you know what I'm saying. Yes. (laughs) Nickel sex. Nickel break my back. Huh? How about that? (laughs) Nickel blow out my back. Yeah. Uh, Don't listen to The Offspring. Just stay away from that altogether. That's, That's bad. Some forty one, is that is that fall in there? Yeah, you could do this some forty one fake hair metal song. It was like at the end of one of their early singles. I don't, I don't. You could do, you could do that one. That one's probably uh, pretty rocking, you know, rocking the Casbah. <laughs> Listener, I hope you know that you got to try one of our suggestions and please report back to us and tell us how it went for. It's called Pain for Pleasure. That's the name of the Sum 41 uh, fake hair metal song. Oh, there we go. And much like that, you're going through the pain of listening to Sum 41 for the pleasure of busting a Sum 40, come on, 40 come. Yes. That was trash. Sum 40 come. (laughs) That's what I landed on. (laughs) <laughs> I, I'm I'm like so uh yeah, just depressed that I remembered the name of that Sum 41 song and not like probably half of my sexual experience. <laughs> Alex, we're gonna ask our, our second traditional guest question, which is tell us some Sum 41 songs. <laughs> <laughs> well you got fat lip, of course. Right. That's the that's the one. And then you got yeah, pain for pleasure, uh-huh. and then you got the one that was on the soundtrack for uh shit bring it on mm. right that was the good one what's what's the some 41 song some 41 bring it on makes no difference that's the that's the real good one hell yeah that's that's a good pop punk soundtrack listen to the bring it on soundtrack stuff on there all right we're coming out of here with a butt rock sexy recommendation uh and a and a regular music recommendation uh two for the price of one question asker <laughs> well played i think um the love interest in some 41 has a pop punk band in it oh. <laughs> yeah so there's that's all you need to know about uh bring it on good good movie <laughs> great play <laughs> uh let's see what do we want to do first we want to thank alexander edward for coming on the program Yes. Thanks so much for having me. Very fun time. A round of applause echoing through Madison Square Garden, where, of course, we record this show. It's very expensive. We got to figure out something else, man. This is a lot. <laughs> I want to hear my I want to hear my voice echo off of things when I say some 40 come. It needs <laughs> to have that reverb so people get the full effect of my humor. Have you guys heard the uh, Neil Hamburger Madison Square Garden album. No. Yeah, Neil Hamburger, for people who don't know, is a stand-up comedian. He does like an ironic comedy. I mean, it's, you know, I don't want to break the fourth wall here, uh, but, you know, works with Tim Heidecker pretty frequently. Uh, He opened for Tenacious D at Madison Square Garden. 
and like the audience was not prepared for it. <laughs> um, and he held the entire audience hostage <laughs> for, for like 20 to 30 minutes and actually manages to win them back oh, yes. toward the end of his set. It's, it's a very good live album. I highly recommend it. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. I only know his like down with the sickness cover, which I always appreciated. <laughs> I need to get more into the Hamburg lore. Uh, Hamburg lore. I'm just <laughs> popping them off tonight. Damn. Fucking <laughs> portmanteau master over here. <laughs> On Port it. Masto. Um <laughs> Where where do people find find your things, Alexander? Yeah, miniondeathcult.com or wherever you get podcasts. We're on we're even on Spotify. Um you can also support the show and get a bonus episode every single week at patreon.com slash minion death cult. I'm assuming your listeners know how to spell Patreon, but I will spell it anyway. <laughs> P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash minion death cult. Uh three dollars a month gets you a bonus episode every single week, five dollars a month. Gets you a pretty cool sticker pack and those bonus episodes. And yeah, thanks again for having me on. Wonderful time. Yeah. We loved, we loved having you. This was fantastic. Yes. Thank you. If you like us and you have not listened to MDC, we highly recommend it. We have been going ham on this podcast recently. Yeah. Uh, listen to our show. You know, Tony and Alex are both fucking wonderful. So check it out. Uh, That's right. Got to let you know that our intro song is the song Hanging On by the band Knower, and that you can find their music at knowermusic.bandcamp.com. And our outro song is the song Stephanie by the Hey Fellows. You can find them at Instagram.com slash the Hey Fellows or on Spotify. Three words, the Hey Fellows. Hey, folks, why don't you do yourself a big old favor and go check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash RFTB. $5 a month gets you four bonus episodes every month. Uh, $10 a month gets you a shout out. Uh, and you can, that way you can be like our friend Ryan, rich homie, click clack. That way you can be like spreadable fruit. You can also be like daddy, like Dylan. You can also be like daddy, like my dad. (laughs) You can be like rich homie, Barb. Uh, or you can be like rich homie, girlfriend, Abigail. (laughs) <laughs> really enjoy rich homie girlfriend that's powerful uh let's see uh what's all that's left is for me to do the sign off i'm gonna fucking get right up on I'm gonna get, oh god i'm gonna get right up on this oh, microphone it's so up. oh i love you thanks bye Mwah. a 23 year old female loved that <laughs>